Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing fire takes and analysis on sports topics. We have some guests providing their thoughts across the sport landscape. No narratives here. Straight talk. No chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We on five sports podcast, man, man, I got a hot one, man. We got episode number 29, man, we rocking and rolling out here, man. Once again, man, I appreciate everybody listening, man. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out to check us out here on We on five sports podcast. And man, episode 29, man, I got a banger, man. I got some special guests coming through, man. I got shot coming through, man. As we break down the NBA, man, talk about them Los Angeles Lakers, you know, get a chance to break them down, see what's going on with them, LeBron and company out there in La La Land. Also, too, man, we're going to get into the National Football League as we had the divisional rounds, straight classics. All of them were straight classics. I got my NFL correspondent coming through, Steve. We're going to break down the divisional round. We also, too, going to get into the conference championship, NFC and AFC conference championship. Also, too, man, we're going to bring some hot news across the coaching landscape of the National Football League. We got some hirings out here. Shout out to my Chicago Bears, hiring Matt Everflus as the head coach. We're going to break down that. Also, too, these GM hustle moves out here. Man, once again, we got a banger, man. Appreciate you falling through for episode number 29. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Coming up, I got my man Shad coming through, NBA correspondent, OG of the show, my partner in crime, man. We're going to break down the NBA, man. We're going to get into these Los Angeles Lakers, man. We on Fire Sports Podcast. And we're going to keep it in the West, man. We have another team out there, man. Swimming right at about 500 on the season. Definitely been some ups and downs during the course of this season. And I'm talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm. What's your thoughts, man, so far on the Lakers so far this season? Uh, uh, well, I know you don't spell the Laker with a D. <laughs> that's, so, that's the main important thing, you know, for a fact that Laker, Lakers is not spelled with D. And that's what I think. That's my thoughts on the whole season. All this. The problem to me is really it's a lot of stuff, things that, that goes into the, the media and all this stuff. You know, you're talking about the wrong stuff. Um, Russell Westbrook has been Russell Westbrook forever. Like, it ain't no change. Like, okay, yeah, his, his shots is way off because you, you really don't want him. You got a lot of people who really don't want him to be successful. So it's like once you get into that type of – situation is you know it switches a person up so but you're still scoring over 100 points in these games and you're losing them because the other team is scoring 130 and 100 and then they come out of the they come out of the in the post game and everybody talking about russell westbrook offense and it's like man they scored 116 points 
<laughs> so with with his offense right there. So it's not the offense. It's the defense, man. And and the problem is, I hate to say it. I hate that everybody going to hate me for saying it, man. LeBron James and that zone defense is all I can say, man. He's the only dude, if they playing whatever they playing, he's just sitting in the middle of the flow in like a zone. And and when I noticed it yesterday with uh against Utah and oh Utah's offense is just horrible. Um but uh it, I noticed with Dwight Howard in the game. It's a major problem because you have Dwight Howard. He's that's really what he should be doing, roaming towards the back. But you still have LeBron doing that while he's in. So then you'll have him having to run out on guards instead of him being strictly like roaming in the back, where Le- LeBron is back there now. You have this big guy having to run out on these fours and threes, and then they they small. And that's been their problem because you can't just sit back there like that. Then you're not really making plays on, on the, the when people come near you. It's, it's really dependent on guys missing shots. And, and Utah yesterday didn't want to uh, <laughs> score. It was fun. I was watching the game. Their, their shot selection is just terrible. But – that's just basically what it is. It's no D. They they uh, LeBron has to they can't play man to man or even if they is, you got one guy sitting there zoning and it's like and he not just active everywhere with it. So it's that's it's just bad. And I don't see Yeah, I mean company. Yeah, I think the funny thing about it is is that it's not only just LeBron. Like, that's what, to me, is the difference of this team, say, from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple years ago, you could say, hey, it's, it's really primarily just LeBron. Because mm-hmm. you had Caldwell Pope, you had other guys who can defend the ball. To me, their glaring issue is, is that they cannot stop the ball. Not only can they not stop the ball, but they have no kind of rim defenders. Now, mm-hmm. to be fair, you got Anthony Davis that's currently out, but he wasn't yeah job at defending the rim when he was in. I mean, he is an addition and help, you know, when he comes back, because you got another uh, athletic guy back there. Yeah, They can't stop the ball to defend the rim. At all. Simply going shot for shot with teams. Mm-hmm. NBA is just too good. I mean, there's too many good teams and guys who can shoot the ball, man, for them to be going shot for shot with teams when they don't play at all, and they have issues turning the ball over. Yeah. Just a formula for, to me, currently where they are. Mm-hmm. Meaning that they're scoring points, you yeah. put up a decent amount of points. Yeah, you, you put up a book. points, you should win the game. That's rough. I'm sorry. 116 points, and you don't win because the other team got 130. That, like that's your problem. Like that's my thing. And then to pile on it, like like you said, it's not just LeBron. The problem came in from the start when you went and got Westbrook. Because not only do you have LeBron doing that, you have him on the perimeter doing that. So you have two guys like zoning, and they really ain't jumping out. Like if somebody passing Westbrook is not just leaping towards the guy shooting the three, and LeBron definitely ain't. He's not. If his man kick out, he's not going out. So you got two of those guys on the court at once. That'd be ridiculous. 
That's why they be wide open shots. That's why you heard what uh, uh, who was that who said, man, we can get with Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, man. Shout out to him. He having a good year, too. He having a good year for the same. He said he can get what we want against the Lakers. He said, man, it was just when I told him in the locker room, man, we get whatever we want, man. Just hit the shots. I'm like, dang. That's just what it is. You can't have guys that's – and that's that product of the, 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 the stat searching. You're searching trying to get rebound. So you, you find guys like this guy is in the back. And when somebody come to him, instead of him jumping and trying to make a play, he's like more turning to, to box out. I saw him do that so many times. Like, you just turned your back on the shooter, bro. Like, damn, like. But it's just they they got to they gotta figure something out with that. Them two guys, you can't have two guys in there just roaming around like that. Yeah. But- it's assignments. Guys can't keep up with assignments because you just switch. Just to stay in this same position, so it's like guys be getting mixed up because of that. Yeah, and teams watch film. I mean, teams can see where you break down defensively, and you know if you can't stop the ball initially, and, and, and you have guards getting into the paint seventy percent of the time, and them bringing the ball down, either they gonna keep driving to the basket or kick out once you bring over, you know, bring over help. So yeah, I think with them, man, I think you know they reaping what they sold right now. You know, we'll see. You know, if Anthony Davis is able to at least get them out of 500 field, you know what I mean? But, yeah, that's definitely a situation, man, that – and we'll see how it unfolds, but it's not looking real good. Especially- All I have to say is they better make the playoffs. Not the play-in game, the playoffs. That As LeBron James, with or without Anthony Davis, with or without any other Westbrook or anybody, dude, you you are good enough to make the playoffs. Period, man. It's, there's no excuse for that. Yeah, so man. Definitely. They have to make the playoffs, regardless. I don't care how old you are. If you you good enough to get thirty nine. All the stats that everybody talking about, that's really a disrespect. That's really worse for me to me. Because if you're good enough to get all that stuff, you're good enough to win these games. Yeah. yeah. At the at the end of the day, I mean, this would be what the second straight year that they've uh you know got involved in the play-in situation. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a good look, especially coming off an NBA championship. The next two years, you you scratching the surface to try to make the playoffs. Especially with a roster that's, you know, if you look at it on paper, you know, it's a little, it's at least a playoff. A playoff. Getting away. The whole NBA, the media, everybody in the media can't keep getting away with allowing a guy to play and they not getting somewhere. And you, you're trying to keep saying teammates. You can't keep saying that, man. Like this guy is playing through all this. Last year in the play in, he was playing and they've only made it to the play in. So you, 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 at some point, man, your your game has to get to the point where right now he shouldn't be at the stat point. Shouldn't be about stats with him, man, 20 years later. It's, it should be winning. People should not be able to beat you. Michael Jordan, until the end, people couldn't beat that man. They was trying their hardest to beat him. It wasn't about he got stats. Stats going to come. 
You know, you it's just got to be more about winning, man. This dude should be to the point where shouldn't nobody be beating him, man. You should not be losing at all. Well, to, well, to me, I mean, especially when you're talking about, hey, we hovering around the, the, the between the seventh and seventh and tenth seed. Yeah, I mean, at the dominant end. basketball players don't lose. It's not about uh, stats. All of them get stats. Everybody you want to compare anybody to got stats, man. In some way, all of them get stats. The dop the difference is winning and losing. You have to be unbeatable that's what the problem is i can't beat the bulls because this dude on this team i'm never gonna beat. i gotta beat this team with this man on it period that's it that's how it always that you couldn't beat the lakers couldn't beat boston couldn't beat detroit with isaiah thomas you know then joe dumars they whole team but isaiah thomas is one of the greatest and he just talked his way out of it but that's a whole nother conversation we get on that another time. But that's just what it is. It got to be about winning, man. All this stat stuff, I'm tired of hearing them come out saying, he had 39-8-8, eight and, eight, and this dude missed 75 defensive assignments, fam. And that's why they losing. It's not about offensive stats and what who's getting what Westbrook doing. They getting the points. Play some defense. And somebody got to say something. Yeah, also, also, too, the thing that you mentioned as, as far as people saying, well, you know, team, he needs some help. I mean, you pick the guy. Man. God. So, to me, I, yeah. that that, argue, that argument in itself is just like asking for like a subsidy or something. you like a rich person asking for a subsidy, which is exactly. which is cold word for welfare. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's just come to a point. I mean, in every point of life, when you have something going on and some, and it keep going on in this one person that this stuff keep going on around, it got to be that person. Like, how many teammates going to be bad with you, man? That's the thing. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, bro, like, you, the, the, this whole Westbrook story is the, bit, the greatest story ever. This man went from, y'all gave this man the MVP. Y'all gave that man an MVP, man, and he was the story of the world. And now he come play with LeBron, and he's the worst player ever. It's like, well, I mean, at the end, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, the funny part about it is, yeah, I blame the media for part of that, but now I'm starting to blame some of these players for that too. And here's what I mean by that: is that when you're a grown grown adult, yeah, you can always say no. You know what I mean? Now, with Russell Westbrook, obviously, he was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. But there was inner discussions when he was in Washington, you know, before they shipped him out. Hey, is this something, you know, something that, you know, you down with? Do you really want to stick here in Washington or do you want to go out there? He chose the latter. So, to me, some of these players now should be smart enough to understand is that when you play with LeBron James, you're going to get 95% of the heat. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so a lesson to and this is a lesson to some of the younger players in the league also because Russell Westbrook is you know he's a veteran now mm-hmm. to some of these younger players in the league and I don't want to pile on LeBron but I will say this some of the younger players in the league need to take a look at the situation of joining with this person or with him now because you know he's thirty seven years old mm-hmm. not gonna be in the league playing at this high level even though he's been playing you know good as an individual. 
but he's not gonna keep this level up, you know, by the time that person gets into their prime. And and the part that everything you said uh, is the truth. And the part that everybody is missing is the part of greatness, the biggest part of greatness in this team sport that everybody keeps saying this all team accomplishment, this and that, is the ability of that guy to always keep his teammates involved, man. That's the big, that's, that was the, the part that made Michael Jordan the greatest. He went from being a great player to being the greatest when he learned that how to maximize his players. If this, is, this guy do this good, let him do that. I just get the rest, whatever else we need. And, and and it 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 never failed because he's unstoppable. You know, I'm a, I can score at will. Everybody else, Brian Williams came to the Bulls, and 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 you can score all you want. I get the ball to that man. It's just Michael Jordan. That's the step that the greats take. That where you're not worried about the players playing with you. That's when your stats. You got to play good. That wasn't a, a problem with greats. They already learned how to play good. They just got to learn how to get the players involved. And that step, LeBron seems not to have taken because he, it, I mean, you, it's countless, countless numbers of players that he's played with that's literally successful. Like right now in the NBA, right now that's literally playing great. And at, at, at a point when they was playing with him, they were getting blamed for everything and saying they wasn't that good. So, exactly, man. So we definitely see, man, how the Lakers, man, how the rest of the season unfolds with them. You know, they got AD coming back into the fold. So I know Laker fans looking forward to that situation, man. We definitely gonna check that situation as it unfolds for the rest of the season, man. Man, once again, we on Five Sports Podcast, man. Appreciate the check-in, man, across the NBA. We definitely got some ongoing stories coming on, man, as we trek along to the All-Star break. Man, once again, man, we appreciate it on We On Fire Sports Podcast, big homie. We On Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, had to check in, man, on the NFL front and these personnel moves across the National Football League. And first order of business, want to thank and congratulate the new GM of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles. He was hired by the Chicago Bears to try to move this franchise forward. Ryan Poles came from the Kansas City Chief Organization player personnel development department head of scouting I believe over there in Kansas City we're gonna see how this goes man you know he's a former college player fun cool fact is that he actually was with the Bears organization for a small chunk of change in training camp a couple years ago and the Bears was the last NFL team to cut him and made him go in the direction that he's in now. So Ryan Poser definitely came full circle. You know, he's one of the younger GMs across the National Football League. And man, ball in your court now, man. 
The Chicago Bears is one of the staple franchise organizations across the National Football League. Shout out to Papa Bear Hallis, George Hallis, the great George Hallis. Definitely revered up there in Chi-Town, my neck of the woods. And so we're going to see how, what Ryan does, man. You know, he had his first hire. want to send another uh, congratulations to Matt Eberfuss, former defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. I thought he did a good job up in Indianapolis. His defense is one of the better defenses in the National Football League. You know, they got some uh, youngest running to the football up there, and I actually like their defensive unit. And I actually mentioned on this podcast previously that I, I, I like the Indianapolis Colts defense overall. And so, you know, I'm going to answer the big question. Most people in Chicago, Bear fans, you know, we're already satisfied with the defense and the direction of the defense, even though they was on the field a little bit too much last season. A lot of people questioned we should have went with an offensive guy. There was a lot of coaching candidates as the Bears did a wide cast net just to try to see who we want to bring into the fold in our organization. Definitely got some help from Bill Polian. Bill Polian, you know, former general manager of the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills doing their run, won a world championship with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. So this was straight Bill Polian, this head coaching hire, no doubt about it. No doubt about that. And I respect Bill Polian. I respect, you know, his contributions in the National Football League. You know, he's an OG out here, man. I wanted and preferred for us to go on the offensive side. But, you know, we'll see, man. I'm one of those people, man. Definitely want to give it a chance to see how it goes. Definitely had to check in with that little tidbit of news kicking off with the Bears first. We also, too, had another coaching hire. We had Nathaniel Hackett. Hired by the Denver Broncos to become their new head coach. Now Hackett, you know, he's offensive coordinator up in Green Bay. We all know his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Those that don't know that they're pretty close, just based on him being the OC up there in Green Bay. It's a lot of speculation floating out there that Aaron Rodgers is on his way to Denver. We'll see how that goes, man. We'll see how that goes. We on Five Sports Podcast will definitely update in that situation as we hear some more information as we got our ears to the streets on that one. So, you know, we've had some, you know, some moves across the National Football League. You know, I'm going to bring in my NFL correspondent a little later on. Break down these playoffs. Man, we got the conference championship games coming up this weekend. We had, to me, in my opinion, probably the best divisional round, pound for pound of games I've seen. And I've seen some classics over the years, some big time classics in the divisional round. But this last divisional round definitely was a, a classic in its own right. So definitely going to bring my correspondent through, man. We're going to get into that. Also, too, another little tidbit on the coaching front. Look like the Dallas Cowboys are going to bring back Mike McCarthy for another go-around, man, down in Big D, see if they can uh, get themselves together. And it appears that uh, Dan Quinn, who's a hot coaching candidate, is going to go back down to Dallas and be their defensive coordinator. So, man, it's definitely something that's, you know, cracking off across the National Football League. You know, we got a 
hot show again. We're going to break down the playoffs and what occurred in the divisional rounds. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, man, had to check in, man, on the NFL front. These personnel moves across the National Football League. And first order of business, want to thank and congratulate the new GM of the Chicago Bears, Ryan Poles. He was hired by the Chicago Bears to try to move this franchise forward. Ryan Poles came from the Kansas City Chief Organization, player personnel development department, head of scouting, I believe, over there in Kansas City. We're going to see how this goes, man. You know, he's a former college player. Fun, cool fact is that he actually was with the Bears organization for a small chunk of change in training camp a couple years ago. And the Bears was the last NFL team to cut him and made him go in the direction that he's in now. So Ryan Poser definitely came full circle. You know, he's one of the younger GMs across the National Football League. And man, ball in your court now, man. The Chicago Bears is one of the staple franchise organizations across the National Football League. Shout out to Papa Bear Hallis, George Hallis, the great George Hallis. Definitely revered up there in Chi-Town, my neck of the woods. And so we're going to see how what Ron does, man. You know, he had his first hire. want to send another uh, congratulations to Matt Eberfuss, former defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. I thought he did a good job up in Indianapolis. His defense is one of the better defenses in the National Football League. You know, they got some uh, youngest running to the football up there, and I actually like their defensive unit. And I actually mentioned on this podcast previously that I, I, I like the Indianapolis Colts defense overall. And so, you know, I'm going to answer the big question. Most people in Chicago, Bear fans, you know, we're already satisfied with the defense and the direction of the defense, even though they was on the field a little bit too much last season. A lot of people questioned we should have went with an offensive guy. There was a lot of coaching candidates as the Bears did a wide cast net just to try to see who we wanted to bring into the fold in our organization. Definitely got some help from Bill Polian. Bill Polian, you know, former general manager of the Indianapolis Colts and the Buffalo Bills doing their run. Won a world championship with Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. So, this was straight Bill Poley in this head coaching hire. No doubt about it. No doubt about that. And I respect Bill Poley. And I respect, you know, his contributions in the National Football League. You know, he's an OG out here, man. I wanted and preferred for us to go on the offensive side. But, you know, we'll see, man. I'm one of those people, man. Definitely want to give it a chance to see how it goes. Definitely had to check in with that little tidbit of news kicking off with the Bears first. We also, too, had another coaching hire. We had Nathaniel Hackett hired by the 
Denver Broncos become their new head coach. Now Hackett, you know, he's offensive coordinator up in Green Bay. We all know his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, those that don't know that they're pretty close, just based on him being the OC up there in Green Bay. There's a lot of speculation floating out there that Aaron Rodgers is on his way to Denver. We'll see how that goes, man. We'll see how that goes. We on Five Sports Podcast will definitely update in that situation as we hear some more information as we got our ears to the streets on that one. So, you know, we've had some, you know, some moves across the National Football League. You know, I'm going to bring in my NFL correspondent a little later on. Break down these playoffs. Man, we got the conference championship games coming up this weekend. We had, to me, in my opinion, probably the best division around pound for pound of games I've seen. And I've seen some classics over the years, some big time classics in the division around. But this last division around definitely was a, a classic in its own right. So definitely gonna bring my correspondent through, man. We're gonna get into that. Also, too, another little tidbit on the coaching front. Look like the Dallas Cowboys are gonna bring back Mike McCarthy for another go-around, man, down in Big D, see if they can uh get themselves together. And it appears that uh Dan Quinn, who's a hot coaching candidate, is gonna go back down to Dallas and be their defensive coordinator. So Man, it's definitely something that's, you know, cracking off across the National Football League. You know, we got a hot show again. We're going to break down the playoffs and what occurred in the division rounds. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Coming up, I got my NFL correspondent Steve falling through as we break down what occurred in the classic divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We also, too, going to preview and give some predictions across the NFC and AFC championship game. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, man, the NFL, man, the playoffs is heated up. As, man, we had a spectacular divisional round playoff across the board. Man, you know I got my NFL correspondent in the building, man, my man Steve. To break down what cracked off in the divisional round, and we'll take a peek also, too, at the conference championship games. But first of all, man, what's going on, sir? Oh, things are going well, man. Uh, just uh, coming back from a great weekend of football. Uh, looking forward to another amazing weekend of football. So they're, they're, the games are definitely winding down, but they're getting uh, much better. Yeah, man. I mean, it was, man, it was amazing. And I'm not sure if you do this. But I know for myself, man, every time we get around playoff time, man, I got to check out a couple classic playoff games, man. You know what I mean? Old school classic playoff games that kind of get me in the mood. And man, oh man, boy, these games were straight up classics, man. So we're going to get right into it, man. Uh, the division around, man, the first game we had, man, the Cincinnati Bengals, man, traveling down to Nashville, man, to take on the Tennessee Titans as 
The Bengals, man, they was able to handle their business, 19 to 16, man. Big Fist kicking the game-winning field goal at the game, at the end, man. What was your thoughts, man, on, on that ball game? Well, I had Cincinnati definitely covering the spread. I thought mm-hmm. they could win that game because they, they got the better quarterback. Remember, we talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to rely on Ryan, Ryan Tannehill to go out and win you a game by himself and just basically stand in the pocket and pick people apart, that's a lot to ask for. Right? If the running game, and, and by the running game, I mean Henry, if, he, if, if, if Derrick Henry wasn't going off, in typical Derrick Henry fashion, they're going to struggle. Cincinnati has a good enough defense to where, you know, they're physical up front. They can they can put, make some plays on the back end. If they could hold, I knew if they could hold the running game in check and force Ryan Tannehill to beat them, they had a really good chance to win that game. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he, he's as advertised. He's so cool. Uh, you know, you knew he was gonna he was gonna come through, and uh, Jamar Chase had a big a couple of big plays. You knew he was gonna. AJ Brown uh, stepped up and made some big plays on Tennessee side. So you knew all the yeah. big playmakers were gonna be there. But if that running game wasn't there for the Titans in in dominant fashion, uh, I knew that Cincinnati had a very good chance. Yeah, man. You know, we talked about this game. You know, we talked about this game, man, and I knew it was gonna be one of those one possession type of football games. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with Tannehill, man. The big turnover, the big turnover, man, it pretty much cost the Titans, man. You know, once he turned that football over, I knew, like, yeah, it's, it's a wrap, you know. So Cincinnati, man, you know, they on to the AFC Championship game, man. But it definitely was a good football game. You know, it came down to the end. Um, you know, A.J. Brown, man, he did his thing, man. He almost uh, caught a buck 50 out there, man. You know, he did his thing, man, but just wasn't enough, man, to knock off uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, uh, you know, AJ, you know, he's a big play receiver. Even Julio Jones had a couple of nice catches. Uh, you know, but again, the turn of the first one was pretty bad uh, to start the game off. That just kind of put them on the bad note. They weren't able to throw the ball over the middle of the field at all. Uh, they, they hit a couple of big plays, but those intermediate, intermediate throws, Ryan wasn't able to complete. And yeah, like like you said, you know, if you're gonna turn the ball over in the playoffs, man, it just puts you at such such a disadvantage. Uh, yeah, they weren't able to overcome that. Yeah, man, as the Who Day Nation, man, as they march on to the AFC Championship game. You know, man, it's been a been a long, long time, man, since they got in that AFC Championship game, man. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was 1988. If I'm not mistaken, uh, when they went on to the Super Bowl and uh, took out the, uh, uh, well, sorry, lost to the San Francisco 49ers on the, uh, obviously, the great drive by the great Joe Montana. Uh, no, they don't forget about that up in Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the drive, talking about classic games. Uh, well, not the drive, where it was the Super Bowl drive. That's the one where John mm-hmm. Taylor catches the ball in the back of the end zone. Uh, I remember seeing that game when I was a kid, and I said to myself, they just basically left San Francisco, so I kind of wait too much time. And anyway, they were playing zone and prevent off-hand coverage throughout the whole thing. And Joe just basically picked them apart and, and found John Taylor in the back of the end. Great game. It was in Miami. Oh, yeah. uh, I thought Cincinnati was going to win that game. They 
opening kickoff, I think, uh, to the house. It was an opening kickoff. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was in the, yeah, Stanford Jennings, by the way. Uh, had a big oh, kid, yeah. big, a big return in that football game, and I was with you. I think, for me, I was a little bitter in that game because uh, the San Francisco 49ers beat my Chicago Bears 28-3 in the NFC Championship game in minus, about minus 10 outside, but I'm going to digress from that. Um <laughs> Speaking of the San Francisco 49ers, man, we had them in the uh, other divisional game on Saturday, man, as they took on the Green Bay Packers, man, and the 49ers once again came through 13-10. Robbie Gold, former Chicago Bear, by the way, kicked the field goal to, man, send the San Francisco 49ers to the NFC Championship game, man. What's your thoughts on, on that one? Uh, special teams is truly special. Uh, and that, that's just, basically, that's what the game came down to. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a greatest game, but you knew they won. I mean, the weather, you know, you could take away Devontae Adams for a little bit. You could double and bracket cover him and force some of the other guys to beat you. They were going to have to play San Francisco style of football, which is pound the football and make some crucial throws, big field goals. And if they kicked the field goal, then they didn't get them blocked. They probably would have won the game. It would have been a low-scoring game, but they would have won the game. But you you, you get a, a block field goal right before the half that would have put you up in the three, I, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, you get a, 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 a punt block in return for a touchdown. That's a 10-point swing in a low-scoring, knock-em-out, cold-weather, brutal game. That, 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 that's big. And so, you know, that's basically how the Titans should play. I mean, and I'm pretty sure... Any team that doesn't have a quarterback that's going to go out and win you a game, that's how you want to play. You want to play it, ball control, defense, special teams. Don't make the crucial mistakes. You know, those are that, that's the way you win a football game like that. And you know, San Francisco was able to do it. Tennessee wasn't. San Francisco was able to get those crucial plays. You know, they called on their defense to make some crucial stops. They called on their special teams to make the big plays. And Jimmy G, they told Jimmy G, basically, don't screw it up. We'll run the football. Hit Kittles when he's open. Uh, you know, we'll get creative with, you know, you know, with Evo Samuels. We'll hit Brandon A.U. Just don't make the crucial play at this mistake. Make a big throw here and there. So it doesn't have to be a 30-yard down the field, 40-yard down the field throw. Just make sure, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a throw that moves the chains and get us back on schedule running running the football and, and, and pounding it out. And that's what he did. And they were able to do that, and that's why they're moving up. Yeah, they pretty much stuck to the script on this one. And, I mean, and it was anticipated. I mean, that's what the 49ers are about. You know, but I will say this. What, you know, it was a, a horrific special team performance. And the sad part about it, it negated the great defensive job that the Packers did in that game. Nobody is talking about that. I mean, you, you don't expect, you know, obviously 49ers with their offense for them to come out and score 40 points. But I thought the Green Bay Packers defense manned up and played some good defense, you know, put themselves in a situation, you know, where they were, uh, as you mentioned, you have a play here, a play there, and without the uh, special team snafus, this could have been a blowout game, just based on kind of like how the game was flowing and how uh, the, the uh, Packers was getting stops. I'm like, man, this was—I mean, the game was right there for them, but man, once again, this is as you mentioned, man. The Niners—they gonna stick to the script. And the funny thing about these two teams, if to me, the 49ers is more like a, a, a Midwest cold football team, and the Packers are like more a, a West Coast team. If you think about it. 
No, I totally agree, and I've always thought that, you know, people say all the time, you know, what's one of the reasons why, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers haven't, hasn't had the success that you would imagine he has. When you get into the late months and the playoff months in Lambeau, it's a pounded out football game. Those are the games that you get in those in those uh, NFC divisional and playoff matchups in Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers, when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, that's not necessarily how you you play throughout the regular season. You're not a pounded football. You're not a physical up front running game. You're a basically spread them out and hit throws. But when it gets to those cold, bitter playoff games, and you get these teams that come in here that can basically just pound the football and run it because that's what they've been doing all season and the Packers basically haven't been doing that all season and then now you're asking them to become that team late in the year you can see why the, the Packers lose some of these playoff games absolutely you can see why they come those those, those NFC North teams or, or, or those those pounded out teams come in there and they're able to dominate the line of scrimmage and, 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 and control the clock and keep Aaron Rodgers off rhythm and off the field Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about this, man. Aaron Jones had 129 yards receiving. Imagine if he had that on the ground. The Packers would be in the NFC Championship game. I mean, right. <laughs> absolutely. And then on top of it, you, you don't really, and this is one of the reasons why Aaron is really, you know, one of the reasons why he's not happy. He went and got Randall Cobb in there with him. They have arguably the best receiver in the game, but they don't have a very deep core, wide receiver core. And I've always said teams that have that one superstar dominant guy, those teams don't win in the play. They might get there because they're they're able to air it out, but they don't win. You look at the Megatron, you look at the Julio Jones, you look at these these guys, uh, you know, um uh, Hopkins out in uh when he was in Texas the Texans in Arizona. These mm-hmm. dominant receivers, they don't win. The teams that win are the teams that have a dominant Mm-hmm. Where there's multiple guys who can who can, who can beat you, who, who are uh, you know in top 15, 20 receivers. Look at Tampa Bay last year. You look Absolutely. at the Chiefs. They got dominant receiving cores. That's tight ends who make plays. You know, you can't you can take away a top end guy, but if that core is good, you're gonna win. You 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 can still create mismatches. You can't do that with the Packers. I mean, Lazard isn't, isn't a bad player, but other than that, Runyon's gone. Yeah, know, exactly. They lost their tight end. So, who, who do you look to to make a big, a big, a big, a big play late in the game like that? You just don't have a number two or three guy that that down. Absolutely, man. And yeah, for the Packers, man. Yep, their season is definitely ended. I mean, do you, do you think we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? I think so. I mean, I'll be surprised if he's back. Uh, I think he'll be in, in Denver uh, next year. People say, why do you want to go through, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Buffalo and, you know, all these teams to get to the playoffs. He really just got to go through one of those guys. So uh, at the end of the day, I think, you know, he can, he can win the West. I mean, Denver has a, a loaded roster. I mean, they got players. Yeah, remember, uh, remember we talked about them. Remember we oh, just yeah. talked about them. Yeah, they got players. They got a good running back. They got a they got a good defense, great defense, really. Uh, good pass rush still can get after the quarterback. 
and then on top of it, they got some weapons on at, at the receiving position. So some guys got hurt, but they got they, they don't have that top end guy. But as a core, they got the players who can make plays. I just think you know with the coaching staff that they had before, they just weren't being utilized properly, and definitely didn't have the quarterback to do it. But you know, get Aaron Rodgers in there, and, and you know you might be able to do something. And from what I'm hearing too, it's a package deal between him and uh, Devontae Adams. So, you know, Devontae kind of wants to go along with Aaron. I don't know if he's going to have the salary cap to be able to make that work. But if he's able to land in Denver with Aaron Rodgers, oh, yeah, they got to be uh, they gotta be a favorite. Yeah, man. And shout out to Nathaniel Hackett who's becoming the new head coach of the uh, Denver Broncos, former OC of the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, uh, there's some definitely breadcrumbs there to absolutely lead oh, yeah. you to believe that uh, Denver is going to be his uh, next home, man. So we definitely see how that goes. We're going to keep our ears to the streets on that one. And absolutely, man, we on Five Sports Podcast will bring some updates once we hear some more solid information on that situation. And, man, we got the Sunday games, man. We had the Los Angeles Rams, man, travel down to Tampa to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Man, oh man, was this a crazy game. Rams ended up pulling it out 30 to 27. They're on to the NFC Championship game. What was your thoughts on this game, man? Well, you know, back it, it goes along with back what I was saying. When you have one guy in and Mike, Mike Evans still got off, he made some big plays, big catches, but they were decimated by injuries, man. And they lost Godwin. JP wasn't there no more. I mean, Gronk was still there, but you know, they weren't the same team they were last year. On the offensive line, they lost a bunch of people. The Rams were in that backfield all day long. Aaron Donald had a field day. Um, and they kept Tom off off balance. They beat Tom Brady basically the way you were supposed to beat Tom Brady, get pressure up the middle and make sure he doesn't have time to step up and or, or just sit, sit back there and pick you apart. Uh, they were able to do that. And then, you know, the weirdest thing happened the Rams try their hardest to lose the game. <laughs> man, I mean, man, oh man. And 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 it wasn't Matt Stafford. And it was nah, Stafford, it wasn't on Stafford. Yeah, it wasn't on Stafford. But everybody else tried their hardest to lose that game. Even their defense who had played lights out the first half. You know, you, you get guys giving up big plays on the back end. You get guys, you know, uh, uh, you know, Akers fumbled twice. Uh, you know, and they tried their hardest to give away this game, and you know they, they weren't able to do it. But man, yeah, they, it they was tried. Oh, oh yeah, man. I mean, and it's funny because we talked about this game, you know. And I remember when we talked, I was like, man, you know, I thought it was going to be a razor thin game, but I was like, man, for the Rams to win this game, they got to come out early with some momentum early and score early in the game and don't allow it as you mentioned not to be one of those typical Tom Brady games then next thing you know it's 27 to 3 and next thing you know everything just went chaotic but the crazy part as you mentioned that they did everything to try to lose the game to me and I'm gonna get your opinion on this Todd Bowles like you really gonna single cover Cooper Cup I mean, you really gonna do that? You know, Matt gonna take a shot downfield, at least one shot. I thought, oh. it was, I, I thought, I thought that was just a, just a crazy situation, man. When I saw it on the replay, as far as the coverage that they was in on that. I'll defend Todd Bowles a little bit on that play. A lot of times, you get these teams that'll play three 
event in that situation, drop back, sit these all good guys. They had time on the clock. So, I mean, it wasn't, the game wasn't over. So they had plenty of time. If, if, if Todd was going to sit back, they could have got downfield. So he went after him, which wasn't a bad call. But yeah, you don't think that Cooper Cup's going to be the guy that's going to burn you down the middle of the field. Yeah. You, you, you would have thought it would have been OBJ. You know, he, and, and he, OBJ's on the outside on that uh, on that mm-hmm. coverage. The mistake that they did is they just didn't get to Stafford in time. And and I think uh, was it uh, Levante David 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 that uh, that was supposed to blitz on that play. He was late. He didn't even react. He just basically, yeah, I, I guess, was in the wrong coverage. But he just came up and stopped right there and gave Matt Stafford plenty of time to sit back there, let Cooper Cup just basically walk down the safety and get beyond him and then make a mm-hmm. perfect throw. So, you know, all, all 11 guys weren't on the same page on that coverage. That falls on top bowl. Uh, but at that point of the game, you know, I, I can't I can't fault him for going single coverage, single high. Uh, it's just, you know, you got to make sure everybody's on the same page and they won. Yeah, man, as the Bucks, they season over, man. They were the defending Super Bowl champion. And, man, I got to ask the same question. Do you think we've seen the last of Tom Brady? I think so. I think so. And, and the reason I think so is because when you look at their team from a staff salary cap perspective, it's going to be hard to bring all those guys back. Leonard Fournette's not going to be playing playing for some change again. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got you know, Godwin. Godwin's a free agent. Godwin coming, yeah, coming off, off injury, you know. And then there's a bunch of guys on the defensive side that are making big money. Two might not be able. You, you might not be able to keep him and come back. If I was not ready for a rebuild, uh, Mike Evans is there. He's a year older and he's always injury prone, right? So you got him. Gronk will be there. He'll sit, he'll he'll stand by Brady. As long as Brady's not playing, Gronk will play. But you saw you know a little less of Gronk than you saw than what he did last year compared to what he did last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you, he's older. Injuries will play a role. Tom doesn't want to go through it, and you, you're one injury away from, from a Gronk or from a, 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 a Mike Evans, and you basically have the same situation you had in New England. It's just a bunch of no-name guys who, you know, Tom's going to be yelling at all season long, why aren't you in this hot when you're supposed to be running this route this way? And I don't think Tom wants to do that. I think his family is important to him at this point. His kids are getting older. That's beginning to sink in. Uh... It, 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 if I had to put a percentage on it, I think there's probably a 15, 20% chance he comes back. I think mm-hmm. he's more than likely done. Yeah, man, that's that's going to be an interesting, uh, definite backstory. I mean, if I had to put it on percentages, I mean, I believe 60% he goes, 40% he stays. And the reason I say the 40% is just his competitive nature. Meaning that, you know, this is a competitive guy. And definitely the family, obviously, with Giselle and, you know, his children. That absolutely plays a role. Um, You know, when I heard him and, you know, speaking after the game, 
Yeah, he sounded a little bit different. I definitely would admit that. But with Tom, man, he's a competitive man. We'll see, man. I, I, you know, seven Super Bowl rings. I mean, he can walk out now. Nobody will be mad. You know, but he's definitely been a pleasure to watch in the National Football League, man. And as a fan, I hope it's not his last NFL game. But we'll see. We definitely will see. Man, and we had the big boy matchup, man. The final playoff game, man. The Buffalo Bills, man, traveling out to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. As the Chiefs was able to win at home 42-36. to Man, was this a crazy football and a great football game. What's your thoughts right. on that on, 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 on that matchup, man? Oh, man, it's a great game. You knew it was going to come down to the last possession. You have arguably the best quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, and they were going at it. Uh, weapons all around the field. And you got two defenses who give up big plays sometimes. So you knew it was going to be a high-scoring game. You knew guys were going to be making big plays all over the field. And it didn't disappoint. Um... I, I thought Buffalo would have pulled it out. I wasn't I wasn't gonna count out the Chiefs. The Chiefs, you know, they're playing at home at that era. But I thought Buffalo, you know, both of us had Buffalo in the Super Bowl. Uh, had a really good shot to win this game. And for about 13 seconds, you probably thought they won the game. And uh, <laughs> uh, and then they give up two big passes, and the next thing you know, we're in overtime, and and they I don't even they don't see the ball again. So, uh, you know, yeah, big game, great game, uh, lots of scoring, but you, you know, you're going to second guess, you know, uh, the tournament on, you know, do you squib kick it in that situation and not necessarily give Patrick Mahomes the ball with 13 seconds, I mean, <laughs> eight seconds, 13 seconds, at that point, you're not really thinking that, you're thinking like, Maybe they hit a big play and they could try a long 60-something yard field goal or a Hail Mary. You don't think that they get it that deep, but, you know, it's the Kansas City. Yeah, man, and that's what I was just like, wow. Like, you know, I would have definitely, I would have swift kicked it. Just, just me personally, I would have swift kicked it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, think about it. Bills are the best defense in the National Football League. You know, from a statistical standpoint, you know, that's in the eye of the beholder. You know, as you mentioned, they, they have given up some big plays throughout the course of the season. But overall, I man, this is a, a solid unit. And, man, but you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And before I forget, man, I want to shout out, man, I want to shout out Gabe Davis, man, for Buffalo, man. I mean, 200 yards, bro, and four touchdowns. I mean, it's an NFL record. There's no other wide receiver in the history of the league, fam, to have four touchdowns in a playoff game. I mean, boy, did he play lights out. And I feel bad for him and Josh Allen, man, because those two guys, man, they they definitely left it on the field. And uh, Yeah, they pulled out for sure, yeah. Uh, you know, they just didn't have the ball last. <laughs> man, man, oh, man. And as you mentioned, we both had the Bills – Going on to the Super Bowl in our picks. I mean, we both knew that these teams were going to match up in the playoffs. It was inevitable. You know, it was like a heavyweight fight. I knew that these two two teams were going to match up against each other. And boy, it was, man, I don't even have too many words of what I saw, man. That just was a fantastic football game. Shout out to Tariq Hill. I mean, he just did what he do. He do what the cheetah do. So he had, a, you know, obviously the biggest play, probably the biggest player of the game. And, uh, yeah, man, the Chiefs move on to the AFC Championship game, man. So, 
man, it's just been been a crazy, crazy year, man, as we head down to the final stretch. And uh, I'm going to leave it up to you, man, for the uh, NFC uh, championship game, man, and your thoughts on the NFC championship game, man, your prediction on the NFC game. Ah, uh, man, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I, you know, when a team plays three times in a season, you know, you never really know what to expect. Um, you know, I, I think the Rams probably win this game. I think the fact that they lost the last game, they kind of make up those mistakes. But you're talking about two evenly matched teams. You know, basically running the same system, same offensive system, zone running system, play action, um, and then they kind of spread you out a little bit and, and utilize some you know, creative plays. But uh, it, it, it'll come down to whether or not San Francisco can run the ball. That's the that's that's their key. Uh, if they can run the ball and control the clock and limit the turnovers from Jimmy G or bad throws from Jimmy G, they got a great shot to win, like they did the. Uh, you know, at the end of the season. Uh, Matt Stafford has to just play. He didn't have to play exactly like he played last week, but if he played somewhat at least in the ballpark, I think they should still be able to win this game because they got the better team. They got some more weapons. They got, you know, comparable one running game, but I think they got the better defense that can get after the quarterback, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, you know, um, Aaron Donald. Those three guys should be able to get into the backfield. Um... I, I I got I got I got the Rams. Yeah, man, I'm a I'm a ditto that man. And you know, I was thinking from the standpoint of, hey, this is what Les Snead wanted. This is what he what he to be. I'm not gonna say he brought his team, but the big time moves and acquisitions that they made and Jalen Ramsey's of the world and so forth. It's for moments like now. And I think you know I would agree with you. I think Matt Staff he doesn't have to play it. You know, an A plus plus game. You know, you just don't have to turn the football over. I think that we're gonna see a little bit more of Odell Beckham Jr. in this game. I got a funny feeling. I think for uh, for the Rams, like you said, they they're able to get more pressure with just the talent that they have. You know, obviously Frisco is not a bad bunch either. But to me, I think that if you contain Jimmy G and you don't let Debo Samuel be, be Debo Samuel, then yeah, you have every every shot at, at winning this football game. And I do think the Rams. Move on to the Super Bowl, man. For the second time for for the young head ball coach out there going to the Super Bowl, man. And we'll see how that go. But I definitely have uh, the Los Angeles Rams moving on. Then we got the AFC matchup, man. We got the Chiefs, man, and the Cincinnati Bengals, man. What's your thoughts on the AFC joint? I, I think Cincinnati will be close like they did uh, at the end of the year. I think the Chiefs will win the game. I think we have the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if this game is close, late, and it takes, you know, a, a Pat Mahomes effort to win this game. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati won this game, but, you know, they're not really the complete team that I think the Chiefs are, the more complete team. They got the, the weapons, and they, they probably got some more opportunistic defense, I think. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to pick against Kansas City in, in, in a big game like this. But, you know, maybe there's a letdown coming from from, from the Bills game or maybe it's motivates. Who knows? Uh, but I think I think it'll be closer than what most people expect. Um, and But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it takes some late game for Rose from that moment. 
Yeah, man, I think that to me, this game kind of signifies, man, the OG on the block and you got the young up and comer coming up, man, trying to show out, man. You know, to me, I think this game being in, being that it is going to be in Kansas City, you know, I just think that the Chiefs, man, just due to the OG status, you know, I do think they move on. I do think or agree with you that this game is going to be close in the second half. But I just think that, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I just think, and plus two, shout out to their defense. These Spagnola, man, he got he got their defense back back a little bit. And I think that right now they're playing, especially on the defensive side, even though they had a shootout type of game, I do think that they're in a position, man, just based on the fact that they've been here before. It's a fourth straight AFC championship game for them. I just think that they've been around the block, man. They know how to handle their business in these type of games, man. So I wouldn't be surprised with Cincinnati either with Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, uh, number two out here. But, yeah, I got KC moving on, man. I just think they're just the OGs of the AFC right about now. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, I, I think they'll win. They should win this game. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what the spread is, but I, 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 would, I, would, I would take Cincinnati with the point. They'd probably be around something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, man, I want to thank y'all for listening to episode 29 of We On Fire Sports Podcast. Man, we had a banger once again, man. I want to send my thanks out to my NFL correspondent, Steve, for falling through, man, as we broke down the NFL playoffs and what's cracking in these championship games coming up. Also, too, want to send a special shout out to my NBA correspondent, Shad, for falling through, man, as we talked to Los Angeles Lakers and what's going on with them. Also, too, I want to thank you, man, for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, man. I really appreciate it, man. Definitely trying to get this thing off the ground, man. And we've been putting in good work. We're going to continue to upgrade, man, and and come out here with these bangers out here, man. So, once again, I appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast.